Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad even the French won't eat it, and they eat snails and frog legs. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead and turn it off now. Okay. All right. Good. There we go. And on this week's episode, uh, we're going to talk about weather changes. The seasons are changing. Yes, fall is here. Thank you very much. And uh, how does the weather change affect you? Or how does it affect me? So we'll talk about that in Pipe Parts. And then my guest is Russ Hicks. Yeah, Russ has been on before. But Russ is the first of a handful of guests that I'm going to have on. And here's what we're talking about. Uh, We're talking about tobaccos that are on the market today that... He actually likes and buys and is aging. So, uh, you know, no more of that uh, it was better 30 years ago stuff. Here's what uh, here's what we're doing. Here's what's hot now. Here's what Russ enjoys now. And I got a couple other guests lined up, all people that you've heard before. So we've got that. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all uh, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for the uh, last time, I will remind you of uh, the Vegas Pipe Show, October 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Hopefully some of you are going up to Albany, New York this weekend for the Capital Land Show. Uh, and uh, some, some of you folks will be planning on going to... Uh, dallas for the texas pipe show in november so uh, any pipe show information that you need go to pipesmagazine.com click on the pipe show page and then you'll see all the links there all right do try to get yourself out to a pipe show and as the weather has uh cooled down you know perfect time for outdoor pipe smoking uh for those of you in the southern hemisphere as the weather's starting to warm up perfect time for outdoor pipe smoking so all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go this is phil morgan general manager of missouri meersham corncob pipes in washington missouri Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Are you looking for that rare or favorite tobacco? Are you wanting to sell those blends or pipes you no longer fancy? Then visit tinbits.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and begin your search. Browse our ever-changing selection of fine and elusive luxury tobaccos, pipes and smokers' requisites, and bid on items in an exciting auction setting. Visit us at www.tinbids.com and sign up for free today. Tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. (laughs) 
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, pipe parts. Here we go. Weather changes or seasonal changes. So uh, so as the season changes, the biggest thing for me is that I don't have my uh, morning bowl or two of a straight Virginia anymore. All right. Remember, I have those, uh, you know, I have the smaller pipes that a couple of them that I really enjoy just the straight Virginias in in the morning during the hot and humid months. Well, now that it's getting less hot and humid, I won't be smoking those. Uh, what I will switch to is, uh, is as a standard, kind of my, my usual Virginia Periques. And then as the day goes on, I may inject a bowl or two of HH Old Dark Fired. Um, I may start the morning off with HH Old Dark Fired. It just depends on my mood, but, you know, interject a bowl or two of that per day. Uh, and then as the evening goes on, I'll get into heavier Virginia Periques. So an Escudo or, uh, you know, just a, just a more full bodied one that's more intense. Uh, so that's the big change because during the summertime, I don't really do those heavier Virginia Periques that much. Uh, it's just too much with the heat and humidity of where I live. Uh, and, and this all applies to when I'm, uh, when I'm at home. Uh, coffee wise, there's a couple of things that I may change in my coffee routine. I may have mentioned, uh, Tanzanian pea berry coffee. Well, that to me is a lighter, less in, uh, you know, less intense, more flavorful kind of a coffee, uh, that may go by the wayside for the, for the winter time. And I might start substituting in, an additional cup of maybe a uh, a lower caffeinated green tea or a uh, or a you know a blended tea, uh, especially during the winter time. I like at night um, a Moroccan mint tea, and yeah, you know, I might have three or four cups of that per week. So it's not like not like I'm going anything crazy, but again, that's just a those are some of the changes because during the summertime I don't find. Uh, I don't find some of the teas as, uh, I hate to say it, um, as enjoyable as I do during the wintertime, but I also want to keep my, uh, during the summertime, it's a little more important around here to keep your water uptake going and, you know, stay hydrated. So, uh, that's some of those, some of those routines. Um, now cigar wise, I only smoke cigars outside, so... Uh, a cigar is much better for me during the spring and the in the fall, but it has to be a special. You know, it's, the weather's got to be nice to be sitting out there, um, or you know, on a long drive. Uh, then I'll smoke a cigar during the summertime. But to me, cigars in the hot, humid, unless there's a good breeze, just don't work. Um, now with wintertime and being indoors more, I think I'll find my, I find myself more leaning towards some of my bigger pipes, uh, some of the bigger bowls, some of the longer smokes. And I think it's because those bigger bowls, and I've been goofing around with this a little bit in the past two weeks here, just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Uh, some of those bigger bowls work better with the bolder Virginia Periques. Uh, some of the, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not talking giant size bowls. I'm talking bigger for me. So from a, uh, from a group three or group four up to a group five, group five and a half, somewhere around there. Uh, but I think those bigger flavors work a lot better for me 
in a bigger pipe. Uh, it just balances it, makes it a little more a little more even. Uh, still get you know you still get a big flavor out of that big pipe, but you don't get that big smack of intensity. Uh, and then you know you load a bowl and smoke it for three hours. So uh, you know that's the way I the way I smoke it is three hours and but i'm not the perfect you know one match and off i go kind of guy it's more like you know several tamps relights and pipe cleaners uh so that's a you know that's a bit of a change for me this year and and i and i kind of noticed that you know maybe last year i was leaning towards those bigger pipes during the winter time more and uh laying off of them during the summertime so uh, maybe now when I'm, maybe now I'll start looking for a couple more larger pipes to add to the rotation. Uh, I'm wondering also, are there some of you that may move from uh, Virginia's to maybe an English more English blends now that the weather's getting cooler? Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, are you coming out of those English blends into the more uh, Virginia's and aromatics? Uh, and I also will, you know, this is also a good time for more aromatics because the house is closed up more often and, uh, you know, it just makes the house smell better. So there you go. Changes in weather, changes in season. Uh, do make sure and keep that water going, though. I know it's harder during the wintertime, but I'm mainly telling this to myself to remind myself to keep the water going during the wintertime because it's important to stay hydrated. All right. In just a minute, my discussion with Russ Hicks. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, somebody who smoked more tobaccos that I know of. I mean, I think I, I think Russ has dabbled in everything, uh, but uh, Russ Hicks, who's been on the show before and uh, been on a certain other podcast before a couple of times, and uh, Russ, this time we're talking about current tobaccos on the market so russ first of all welcome back to the show hey brian yeah thanks for having me back yeah good to be here so you know of course i'm doing this with a group of folks and you come at this purely as a consumer collector enthusiast you're not selling anything you don't have uh, any dog in this fight you're just coming at this from your own point of view and again, the premise is, all right, you know, sure, some people think everything was better 30 years ago, but we've only got what's on the market now. So 
first of all, I mean, you're, you're, Known preference for tobaccos is McClellan Virginias, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a a lot of it. Yeah, a whole lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your your wife told me you have way too much, but uh, but she doesn't know what she's talking about anyway. Uh, well, she she wants to sell it. I'll I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> she knows what it's worth. Let's uh, just say that five dollars a ten. Um, so let's just go at it. I mean, let, let's go at it from, from this direction. First of all, when you're looking at a tobacco that's on the market now that you've never tried, what makes you want to try it? What, what instigates the, uh, the first purchase? Uh, yeah, usually, usually it's word of mouth. You know, we, we have a lot of well-educated friends in this mm -hmm. subject and a lot of times you'll get a suggestion thrown out there. Um, and then the other, the other bit is that you're, um, so you're reading, you're consuming information and you hear about things that are coming out. And of course, the way things come out these days, there are a lot of these, uh, how to actually midnight drops is kind of what I call them. <laughs> and, um, so, and, and I think they, they prey a bit on the fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, so, and I've, I've fallen prey to that too. And some of those have been good. Some of them hadn't. Um, but yeah, usually it's word of mouth. It, it's, it's also availability these days. It seems like there are things that you know about or that you had, you know, something that I smoked say in the late eighties, you know, will magically reappear and you haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> and you're like, Oh yes, I want to see if this is, is what I remember. Um, and that happens occasionally. I mean, it happened in 2013 a lot with like Capstan, right? Yeah. So, but that, yeah, I think that's how, usually it's somebody sends me a text though, or I've read about it. So, uh, do you use tobacco reviews.com at all, or maybe the reviews on smokingpipes.com to look and see? I mean, it, that that theory doesn't work for these uh, for these midnight drop tobaccos, but it's a yeah. I wish <laughs> I wish I could say that I do. I, I know I have. There are few there are few people that I know, and I really respect their opinion. And I think years ago I might have been more inclined to it um, because I used to read um, pipes and tobaccos magazines. I would read Tad Gage's reviews or William Surratt's reviews. Um, uh, now, uh, somebody uh, like Mike Zika will write something in the pipe collector and I will always take note of that. And usually Mike and I can talk about it. Um, but yeah, I, I find, I find that everybody's taste is just so individual that you kind of have to build your own catalog of these things. And, um, and you, over time you, you realize that that a lot of times somebody else's opinion isn't all that helpful, <laughs> but, um, and that's, that's unfortunate. And, and as you, I mean, we've been smoking a long time and I, I think you get more selective, but I, I think if I were a younger pipe smoker, that would be an incredible resource and it would, it would filter out a lot of what I would select. So, uh, obviously you're a Virginia guy, not, not so much on the Virginia Perique, but, 
definitely a Virginia a Virginia guy. Um, what's on the market? Who's making stuff that that you like that's available now? Well, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a tough one. I I have gotten so so obviously when McClellan went out of business, um, I I had considered stopping the hobby. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's some of my good friends, you know, said, Hey, you know, it's not going to be that bad. There will be other things. Um, and, um, and I think they were right in, in general, I haven't been able to replace any of those, those products, but I have found that I can enjoy, um, a lot of the things that are available today, especially if I give them a little time to age. So, and I think that's probably a problem with Virginia is as it, as it comes out, it really minimum of six months, it almost needs a year. And I, I'm not sure what happens, but whatever, maybe the, um, the aerobic fermentation, which seems to happen very quickly is everything inside the tin absorbs, um, the air that seems to make things better quickly. And, um, you know, like one, you said, I'm not a, smoker but i do enjoy a scudo and a scudo is especially interesting because it seems like if i if i can get a year a year a year and a half year or two on it mm-hmm. it turns it turns from something that i don't enjoy to something that i absolutely do so um so that's one of the things a lot of times i'll buy something will come out um well like recently ashley's 44 they had a drop of that and they had 109, which is another great one. And then there's a ribbon that they have. So I, I bought, you know, 10 or 20 tins of that. And uh, uh, opened one tin up immediately so okay. I could get, you know, some some tasting notes there. But in a year or so, I think it's going to be, you know, very good. I mean, Ashley's 44 is supposed to be like a dark Virginia flake. Well, you open it up and it's brand new. It's not that dark. <laughs> so, um but but it, it had it's funny because I hadn't had 44 in many, many years, probably 20 years. Um, and it has changed. I, I can I, at least my memory of it is, you know, is that it's different. But it was very, very good and, and kind of an all day smoke for a Virginia smoker. So that was something that happened very, very recently that I was I found interesting. But um, so will you when you open up, a you know, let's say you buy. Uh, just keeping numbers even, uh, let's say you buy four tins of Astley's number 44. You'll open up one, smoke a couple of bowls out of it, and kind of figure out if you're if if this is in the ballpark. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I know talking, talking with a lot of these experienced guys, and one of them, Mike McNeil, which we all know and love. He he's had a lot of interesting things to say about how you can kind of tell where a tobacco is going to go by the way it smells. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some examples out there if you can get. Um, and I, I I don't really want to drop a <clears throat> like um well here here's a good example if you can get some 2013 Capstan, it has a certain smell that kind of shows that it's a really high quality Virginia. Um, and, and it's hard to describe that scent, but um, there's some sort of fermentation going on. There's something, 
something really nice. It's got a lot of sugar in it. And you, you pick up on that. And sometimes you can pick that up when you open a fresh tin, you say, okay, well, I need to close this back up and put it in a, put it in a jar, put it away and let it, let it age a bit. Um, but you know, I, I think the thing to do is to, is to smoke it today. I usually, if I open a tin like this Astley's 44 that I opened the other day, I'm going to smoke the whole thing. And, uh, I'm just going to let the other ones age because, um, it, it's a, it's, it's, if it's smokable today, it's going to be better tomorrow. Right. So, um, and I've found that with a lot of things that I've had recently, whether it be Valen 14, their Virginia flake or a beer master from Dan, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it right out of the, you know, pretty much right out of the tin. It's smokable. Could it be better? Yes. And if you have the experience of seeing a Virginia over a 10, 15, 20 year experience, uh, you know, time span, you, you tell what's going on there. And of course, I mean, you can always go to Steve Fallon's site. If you really want to have like an AB of something old to new, if you don't have it in your cellar, but it's going to, it's not going to be an inexpensive experiment. <laughs> so, but that's another good way to train yourself. Um, but I, I've, I tell you, I've been impressed with some of the K, the Cole House and Cop stuff that's come come out. Um, I've enjoyed it. Do I enjoy it as much as the other things that I truly love? I mean, I would be lying if I said I did. Uh, they are definitely smokable. Uh, what will they be in a, in a, in years to come? I'm not sure. But you know, one of the interesting things it does for me is I can smoke something else and then I can go back to 5,100 or I can go back to red ribbon and I can see the difference. It's very apparent. And, uh, and I can enjoy, um, those older blends that aren't available even more without using them up at some, you know, rate. Cause I mean, I was, I was going through a tin of red ribbon every week or two for a long time. Like during the pandemic, I know our, reserves uh, suffered right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's, and, uh, let's I, take a let's take a break right here when we come back we'll talk more about it and we'll also talk about some englishes and some aromatics that you think you might like so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute since its beginnings in 1876 Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory it's become a lifestyle from sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, with uh, McClellan fanboy Russ Hicks, who is no longer fanboying over McClellan anymore because they're gone. So, all right, Russ. So we we've talked about Escudo as a Virginia Perique that you like, and and I, you and I agree on the the year or two of age on it does something wonderful to it. Uh, Astley's forty four is a straight Virginia. There was a Valen that you liked. 
and, yeah. So, and with the Astleys and the Vowen and and a couple other brands, they're all coming from Kohlhaus and Kopp in Germany. Uh, so, yeah, it's not. They aren't my favorite, and I, and I should I should stick on the Virginias for a, a, at least a few more seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I like the Virginia that I like the best at the moment that I think is probably one of the better ones available is the capstan offerings that McBaron's putting out. Okay. Um, so I, I, I tend to sell her that pretty deeply. My, uh, I have a, a buddy of mine, um, Kevin, he's the Hobbiton Piper on YouTube and you've had him on the show. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a good friend and he turned me on to Capstan blue. I, and I, I, I loved Capstan like, like in the late eighties. And I was really put off when I got the 2013, 2014, you know, blue and gold at the time. Any, anyway, um, I just didn't think it was that great. Well, over time it had aged and I, I revisited it because he made me and, uh, and he was right. It was quite an excellent experience. So I, I've been stocking up on that quite a bit. And, and then another strange Virginia that came out that I didn't expect, which um, was the seven Ellie Juno. And I, it, when you read the back, it seems like it's, it's tinned by um, Cornell and deal, but I, I'm not sh- so sure. Cause it's in the round metal tin. You may know more about that than I do, but I will say that this has a lot of similarities to you know like mcclellan in a way Hmm. it's got it's got things on it that are trying to simulate that is what it felt like so that's what i would tell people uh to go for uh and also hh pure virginia i i I put a lot of this away so capstan pure virginia uh some of the astley some of the dan and some of the coal house and cop so i think that's what i'm doing the other interesting thing that i've been doing i like dark twist from mcbaron i have for years and I kind of come in and out of it because it's, it's, you know, it's got that um, kind of dark fired center and um, it's not a pure Virginia, but sometimes it'll come out and it'll be a little off putting. And, um, and so I've been tin baking it uh, kind of like the Fred Hanna idea. Fred and I have talked about this and trying to arrive at a perfect time, but it seems to do something really, really good. And I've sent it to some friends of mine, and they they agree that it's um, it helps it. So there's a whole like like if you if you're if you're an experienced pipe smoker and you get something new and and you find that it's just not working for you, um, I I would head in that direction and and maybe try, you know, baking the tin for a, you know a few hours. Um, so it it is it, it some things I've tried it in a bunch of different things, and I've had good results a majority of the time, but the, when it doesn't go right, it can be really bad. <laughs> so, um, and again, yeah, with, so, the, I mean, with the tin baking, we're talking down around 180, 200 degrees. We're not, we're not doing it at 450 degrees or anything. No, no, no. So I, <laughs> I've done a bunch of experiments and I want to say that my favorite, um, one for, dark twist right now and i've done seven or eight experiments but my favorite one one is seven hours at 180 degrees wow and that seems to really do a nice job i've tried upping the temperature and dropping the time and vice versa i even you know plotted out uh, what i would uh, consider would be a 
equivalent power curve that should technically bake at the same amount, but it doesn't. So there's obviously a lot of chemical things going on. You know, you're getting over the activation energy for some of these chemical constituents in there. And, um, but once, uh, 180 at seven hours has been pretty good. So, so that, so that's a good amount of Virginia's. Um, do you feel like these Virginia's that you're talking about, do you feel like they're going to age, you know, long-term well, I mean, five, 10 years? Well, that, so that's, that's another really good question. What I've found with, you know, these Virginias are topped. Uh, most of them have something on them. Yeah. And I've found that some toppings just do not do well over time. Um, I, one of my, one of the things, one of the flavors that I do like is like an apricot type topping, but I feel like it has too many lactones in it. It's got some really complicated um, organic compounds in, a, in an apricot topping. And those lactones tend to break down and turn into something that's not so good over time. And you, and you may find this if you have some really old, and this will be very controversial. Yeah. If you have some really old Peace Haven, seems like it breaks down. Um, kind of like Blue Note from Dan Tobacco, it breaks down. And I'm not saying, you know, some people may love it, but I, I find it... Um, that it doesn't age well. The the ones that are lighter topped, I think are the ones that end up shining in the end. If you and the the more I smoke and the longer I've been doing this, the more subtle tobacco I like. And and it's it's one of those weird things where, you know, I have I have a lot of pipes like most of us do. And I have a lot of pipes dedicated to blends. And when you dedicate a a pipe to a blend, then all the nuances of that blend comes out and all the things that were subtle, they're still subtle, but they're not at the same time. <laughs> and, um, it's hard to, hard to describe, but if you start, if you start, if you find that you really like a blend and you season a pipe to that blend or season several pipes, cause I've got, I've got about 30 pipes seasoned to 5,100 <laughs> sitting around here <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and they're all different, right? They're subtly different, but it, to me, to my flavor profile i when when i sample them they're they're very different i think I, I even said they were astonishingly different and um so i mean it, it, one one pipe one blend maybe isn't enough if it's something that you really like um but i do think i, th- I think hunting around finding a pipe that works well with that tobacco because you know not every pipe is a virginia pipe I would say maybe 30% of the pipes I have get put into the Virginia category and the, cause they just don't work well with it. And I'll try them with English. I'll try them with, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a Burley or a Perique. There are some Burley blends that I've started smoking, which is, uh, which is, has been a long journey for me, <laughs> but, um, Anyway, so what you're what you're talking about is with the pipe side of it is similar to what I the process I go through when I'm reviewing a blend for the show is I got to figure out all right what's in that blend and not only how is it going to work with the pipes that I have but is what I've already cased my pipes with going to work with it you know so you got to. So you, you got to dance around and find the right, you got to find the right, the right dance partner. 
Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And every, every, you know, briar tastes different. I know there's, there are people that don't really think that the, that what you're smoking it in matters, but ever, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We've got a lot of pipes and, and they're all different and they all work better with certain things. And, and it's a good, it's a good journey to take to try to find the pairing that's best. Yeah. And if you, if you take the time to do that, you know, you can't just walk in and grab a pipe tobacco and then say, I'm going to smoke that in this pipe. I mean, you may want to, and it may work, but the chances of it are, not especially when the blends are really subtle and also, you know what they taste like because you experience that blend and say 10, 15, 20, 30 different pipes. Yeah. So, All right, so you know what you're looking for at that point. So what are some of the burly tobaccos that you're buying now that you enjoy? Well, so, so I have a, like a chemical aversion to burly. It, it affects me. Um, but there are some that, uh, like Solani age burly flake, which is occasionally available that I have found that I can tolerate. I have to be careful, but, um, I, I, I enjoy it. And then there's the Wessex burly slice. So it's got like some sort of licorice uh, casing. As a matter of fact, it's almost like, I don't, it's not American licorice, but it's like the, um, oh, I'm trying to, have you ever had like real Italian licorice, which you, know, you put it, if you've never had it and somebody tries it, usually they end up spitting it out. Yeah. Um, but, but if you look at it chemically, it's one of the more complicated um, chemical organic compounds known to man. I mean, it's really got everything but the kitchen sink in it. And, um, and I find that, that, that taste to be very interesting. Of course, I think, uh, Comet block licorice is one of the things that's commonly found in almost every pipe tobacco as, as some, a constituent to like hold it together. So, but, um, yeah, I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying those two, um, but I, I kind of draw the line there. I wish I could find more that I could <laughs> I could handle. I, I get this irritation, uh, palate irritation, mm-hmm. so I don't get to uh, I don't need to I don't need to deep cellar this for myself. <laughs> let's put it that way. That's like that's like me and Latakia. Uh, and and speaking <laughs> of that nasty Latakia stuff, are there any Englishes on the market that are uh, that are tickling your occasional Latakia fancy? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, a lot of guys that know me knew I, I smoked Latakia for a decade. Like, my 90s were pretty much Latakia. And I used to smoke uh, Gallagher 759, and I loved it. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, so I'm always sort of looking for a replacement for that. Um, so I think um, as of what's available today, I don't really have a great replacement. And um one of our friends uh, pointed us to the, the Sutliff Balkan Sobrani 759 match. And you know what's amazing about it is you open it and it smells very reminiscent. <clears throat> I mean, it is eerily reminiscent. Um, but then when you smoke it, you, you it starts to diverge at that point. Um, it's, so it is definitely not the same. I did try tin baking that and, and that was not a good experiment. You shouldn't <laughs> tin bake. Um, so one of the other things that I've really enjoyed, um, 
is um, uh, the Loch Ness that Greg Peace came out with. It's like a Scottish crumble plug. And uh, so I, I bought quite a few tins of this. Um, I've been trying some of the special reserve from Seattle Pipe Club. But at the end of the day, um, oh, one of the other things that I did seller recently was um, some Balkan Sassini. And the reason I did that is I had a 15-year-old jar of it. And I remember not liking it so much. And I opened it up the other day, and it smelled really good. And I tried it, <laughs> and it was quite wonderful. So I, I and I didn't have it. I didn't have very many tins of it in the cellar. So I bought some more of those. But you know, when it comes to Latakia, um, the thing I like most about Englishes is the Virginia that's the base. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. it took me a long time to figure that out. So. Um, you know, if that's uh, if there's somebody else out there that likes likes it but uh, doesn't know why, definitely try the Virginia and see if if you were the same as me. If it's actually the Virginia you like more than the Latakia, so you like a good Virginia blend with a little bit of with with Latakia in it, not a good Latakia, not a heavy Latakia blend with a little bit of whatever. Yeah, I, I, that's probably true, and I, I think if. If I'm completely honest, I like a good Virginia blend with a little more Virginia with some Virginia <laughs> on top of that. So. <laughs> See, I, I like a Perique blend with a little bit of Virginia added to it and then another dosing of Perique on top of it. Um, are are you still occasionally purchasing aromatics? Mm. Wow. I, okay, so... Yes and no. I, <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like you're going to admit something, and you and you feel guilty about <laughs> it. <laughs> so, so aromatics for me are um, kind of a trip to the past because that's where I started. Yeah, my grandfather was a Captain Black White smoker, so that that smell to me is still the the quintessential smell of pipe tobacco. Every once in a while, you know, usually around you know, some, his, the anniversary of his death or, or his birthday, you know, I'll, I'll go down memory lane and I'll, I'll pick up a, a pouch of that. Um, I did smoke a lot of one Q back in the day. I'll go to my tinderbox and get Wilshire, which is the rebranding of one Q or the original one Q maybe. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of one that I would just go out and buy. You, you know, there is that, what, what is that, Colt uh, Blood Red Moon? Yeah, that but that's like that? a cherry Latakia blend. Yeah, yeah and it has it has chocolate and cocoa. And it, I don't know about the Latakia part of that. I don't know if that's <laughs> right. But um, let's see. I, I do have some here. And I would say that as far as cherry blends go, um this one's good. Um, but w what I find is, is I enjoy the first third of the bowl and then that's about it. And that's just not how I smoke a pipe these days. And I, I can't, I, I try, I try to smoke aromatics and I'm not an aromatic snob. You know, I, I don't have, I'm not against them um, in any way. Cause I know that most people out there smoke them. It's just, um, I, I think I think mainly they're burly, and I think my burly aversion 
like chemically is what prevents me from enjoying those the way that I should. So are there any oriental based blends that you like any uh, yeah I, i'm just trying to cover all the all the bases here and i understand you're i know you you're a virginia guy um but, yeah, I, but also, I mean that's a good i, I also good know question. you're you're awfully inquisitive and keep poking around at <laughs> stuff too oh yeah i i can't leave well enough alone most of the time i um Virg, uh oriental blends that i smoke will always have I'll almost always have Virginia in them. You know, pr- to me, Presbyterian mixture maybe mm-hmm. comes to mind. And the, the other Oriental that I used to really love, and I would say it's an English mixture and everybody's tried it, is, is uh, early morning pipe. It's got a lot of uh, Oriental in it. Um, now, so I... One of the problems is, is I didn't have the same Oriental education that you got. You know, Mike McNeil never sent me a hundred pounds of different um, Oriental varietals. He didn't, so he didn't I, send I, me a hundred pounds, but sure. And anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, but you had you had some some really choice uh, yeah. things to to, to and, and you learned about them. And I don't think that I mean I haven't had that opportunity except through. You know, when McClellan put out the the Grand Orientals, I would I would try those, and I enjoyed Yeniji. I enjoyed um, Drama. I, I thought, and, and I I didn't really smoke them straight. I, I would start to mix them with my Virginias, and uh, so I I don't know. I, I just I feel ignorant when it comes to Orientals, and I, I I wish I could figure out how to you know learn more about that that part of the tobacco how to get unintegrant um, well it's probably way too late for that for me <laughs> so before we finish up no fast five final questions for you because we've done that before yep. but uh are there any other tobaccos out there that you that you like that you haven't mentioned or maybe we can recap just so that everybody's got a shopping list of of virginias that that russ hicks likes and they're, I, yeah, didn't, I, I didn't say they're the best. I just said Russ Hicks likes them, and he's actually buying them. Yeah, I. Um, well, one of the things that that I like that uh, the Country Squire puts out is the Green Green Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's one that I haven't mentioned. Um, it's, a, it's I think they sell it in bulk. Um, yeah, but other than that, I would. I don't. I don't think you can go terribly wrong with some of the stuff that's coming from Wessex or Dan or uh Cole house and cop, um, which I mean, w- Wessex is Cole, Cole yeah. house and cop, but like the Vowen Wessex and uh, Ashley's, those seem to be really good. But I do think that uh, the capstan offerings are probably my favorite. I'm not saying they're the best. They're just my favorite. Yeah. And uh, so, um, and I have, I have gone as far, you know, I look at, I've looked at all this stuff under the microscope because I know what good McClellan tobacco looks like. And I know how when natural sugar is spread throughout the leaf, what that looks like. And I see that occasionally, especially in the gold capstan. So, um, um, and also the, the pure Virginia that HH puts out and, and it doesn't have any of the uh, McBaron topping that some of the older pipe smokers seem to be really um, against. I, 
Um, yeah. Either it burns them or something. And I'm not sure exactly what that is, but um, pure Virginia lives up to its name. It's, it's pretty pure. And uh, it's, a, it's, if you have, if you need some nicotine, I feel like it's a stronger offering mm-hmm. than, than some of the other ones like Capstan gold. It's pretty light. Um, even to me, Ashley's 44, which is their dark is, doesn't have a lot of nicotine in it. So, or 109 is even lighter. So I would go there. Um, if you're looking for something that's McClellan-ish, like I said, maybe give that 7LE Juno a try. Um, if you look at it under the scope, you're going to see there's a lot of stuff on it. There's a lot of casing, topping. It's, it looks like it's been coated in maple sugar. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> yeah. looks like fried bacon or something. <laughs> but I have enjoyed it, and I, I actually bought against my better judgment i bought a bunch of tins because i have no idea how that topping is going to age right because the more that's on there i think the more risk you run but i still think it's going to be pretty good so yeah that would be my recap and of course uh beer master which has seemed to have been going under uh some they've had some batches out recently that i've heard from people that weren't so good and then some say oh they they fixed it and brought it back (laughs) <laughs> but I, I've never had had a bad tin of it yet. Well, there you go, Russ. Thank you very much for doing this and uh, giving us all your uh, giving us all your secrets and allowing us to run up the uh, <laughs> run up the availability issues and maybe the prices. Well, the way I think about it is, if nobody's buying this stuff, you're guaranteed it's not going to be around. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. You bet. Anytime, Brian. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, Russ has nothing to sell, so I won't mention anything there. Uh, But I will say I got a couple more of these guys coming up, so we'll sprinkle them out. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Don't buy up everything Russ loves, because then he won't be able to buy any, and then he'll get mad at me. All right, for music, uh, Dino writes, uh, Dino, the, the official musical director of the Pipes Magazine radio show, Dino wrote to me last week and says, Hi, Brian, happy 10th anniversary. Uh, since your show on Tuesday is going to happen during the first week of autumn, why not play Tis Autumn by the Nat King Cole Trio? If you haven't heard it before, it was first released in 1949. I think you'll really like it. It also features Nat doing a lovely solo on piano. He is considered one of the most influential pianists in jazz. And Nat was a pipe smoker. Yes, and uh, Nat was uh, Nat was the king of 
jazz. So we get uh, Nat King, the Nat King Cole trio doing Tis Autumn. Father time checked So that be no doubt Call on the north wind To come on out Then cupped his hands So proudly to shout La-dee-da-dee-da-dee-dum Tis Trees say they're tired, they've borne too much fruit. Charmed all the wayside, there's no dispute. Now shedding leaves, they don't give a hoot. La di da di da di dum, tis Then the birds got together to chirp about the weather. Mm-hmm. After making their decision in birdie-like precision, turned about and made a beeline. South, my holding you close really is no crime. As the birds, the trees, and old Father Time, it's just to help the Mercury climb. La di da di da di dum. It's just to help the mercury Climb. There is a reason why Nat King Cole was Nat King Cole. Mm, message from the dark side there is. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show's page on PipesMagazine.com, or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, all kinds of ways to get it there. Uh, going back to last week's show with uh, Professor Kelly Jolly, uh Dave, my partner in crime, says uh, congratulations on 10 full years of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Creating content weekly for that long is a big accomplishment. 
I've enjoyed every show, usually listening the next morning. Thank you. And I know Dave was probably listening while he's out on his walk. Uh, Casey Ghost says, uh, congratulations on 10 years. Professor Jolly was a very enjoyable guest. Uh, let's see. Renfield says, uh, congrats and a big thank you for 10 great years. Brian and Kevin have contributed immeasurably to our hobby and have consistently provided escape, amusement, and edification. The hard work and dedication is appreciated. Also, thanks to the sponsors and many guests who make the show possible. I've been listening since early in the first year, but my analyst says I'm getting much better. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a cure for that affliction. Uh, you never know. And then uh, Bryant wrote me. He says, hi, Brian. First, let me, say, let me extend heartfelt congratulations to you and Kevin for 10 years of this fine show. What a truly monumental achievement. And I thought a very fitting musical selection to commemorate the event. Who can criticize any song that has lyrics like my Sassini four dot? Yeah, that song's always a hit. Uh, then he says, it was very entertaining listening to Dr. Jolly expound on religion, philosophy, and pipe smoking. He was well-spoken and very easy listening. Uh, I get a bad case of pipe envy whenever I hear from someone who got to work in an actual brick-and-mortar pipe shop. Those experiences are truly priceless. I was also impressed with the size and scope of the pipe collection you began to show us. I'm really looking forward to the second half. The sheer number of pipes so far has been staggering, so thank you once again for keeping us lunatics entertained, and may you continue to be able to do so for as long as you enjoy doing it. Best regards, Bryant. Bryant, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep doing it as long as we can, I promise, and thank you. Uh, and then Dino says, wow, that's quite a collection Victor has. Very jealous. Uh, the good professor was among the most interesting guests yet. His story is fascinating, and your conversation was scintillating. As usual, you held your own and asked just the right questions. Nice job, Brian, and a jolly good tale, Kelly. <laughs> uh, Dino went on to say, I remember when you played that song the first time. I loved it then, and I love it again. Sitting on my derriere, blowing smoke into the air, indeed. Oh my God, 10 years I've been listening to you and this show for way more than 500 hours. What? <laughs> Whoa, Dino put in a WTF. I wonder if he knows what that means. Uh, yeah, then he says, uh, think of the things I could have accomplished. Well, actually, and most probably sitting on my derriere blowing smoke into the air. Congratulations on an awesome feat. Best wishes for continued success. And thanks for an always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, as of this show, it'll be a little bit over 526 hours, 527 hours of recorded audio. Um, and I think I did the math somewhere that equates about 6.7 million hours of playback. Uh, so, yeah, you could listen to it on the way to Mars and back. And then uh, finally, Casey Ghost says, the collection of pipes you mentioned was simply overwhelming. You name a quality brand, this guy had it, and we've only been through half of it. Very excited to hear about the other half. Kelly Jolly was quite a treat to listen to. The guy seems like a real nerd, but he didn't talk like one at all. It would be nice to know if he has tenure. Uh, I loved his reminiscences about trying to learn how to play a guitar. It really surprised me when he said he grew up in a family that played bluegrass music. 
For some odd reason, Southerners are very reluctant to admit they like bluegrass. I think I've said my piece about his choice of music. Nice lyrics, though. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Professor Jolly has tenure because he's a full professor there. So, Anyway, yeah, glad you all liked him. Uh, great guy. Great guy. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Last-ditch effort to try to get you to come to Vegas, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or uh, go to vegaspipeshow.com and uh, do that. And, uh, yeah, keep those cards and letters coming, and we'll try to keep the show going for another 10 years because this uh, pipe and tobacco hobby is just fascinating. So, all right, rant time coming up next. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. Here we go. Cold fruit. Yeah, cold fruit. That's what I'm complaining about now. Cold fruit. And I don't mean anything weird. I just mean fruit that's cold. So I'm trying to make the healthier options. And when you're out on the road or you're out and you want to get something quick to eat, you know, some of the fast food places have a fruit option that you can trade out your french fries for. Or, you know, some places instead of, yeah, instead of getting french fries, you can get fruit and they bring the fruit. Well, I think they store the damn fruit in the deep freezer because by the time you get the fruit, it's cold. It's so cold that you know, you, you may as well be ice cream at some of at some of these places. So the complaint is cold fruit. Now, I think a lot of places serve fruit too cold anyway, but that's because we Americans here don't eat as much fruit when we're out and around. But I don't like cold fruit. I don't like it when it's that cold. It should be just a little bit below room temperature. You know, maybe, maybe in the 60 degree range, chilled fruit. That's nice. Cold fruit. You bite into it, it's hard, it doesn't have the flavor, it, you know, I don't like stuff cold and really cold anyway, but yeah, cold fruit is just terrible, and it's because they don't want to waste it. Well, don't order that much. 
or you know know that all right you know get a chiller instead of a freezer just keep it at 55 60 degrees that's the optimum temperature to drink a white wine a red wine should be at about 60 to 65 and then it can warm up well there's a reason why those are optimum temperatures for a fruit drink it's because really cold fruit sucks all right really cold fruit sucks that's all i gotta say i'm done with it you know sometimes i gotta let it sit on the dashboard of the car to warm up for a while but there you go cold fruit all right <laughs> so we're over with that Again, uh, you know, comments, questions, suggestions, ask the pipe maker, ask the uh, blender, all that stuff. Email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. It's B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com. I uh, hope to see a whole bunch of you in Vegas. And uh, hopefully uh, everybody kind of survives this weekend in the southeast and everybody's okay. Keeping our fingers crossed. So... Uh, thank you very much to Russ for coming on and doing this. And I know you'll enjoy the, uh, the future guests that I've got lined up. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Wretched slugs. Don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry.